Welcome to Lunch with Tech Leaders, where we have engaging conversations about software development and cloud engineering with industry leaders and subject matter experts. These episodes are created by the Great Lakes Tech Leaders, an online community of technology practitioners. Please come join the conversation by visiting gltl.rbn.ai. Again, that's gltl.rbn.ai. Now strap in, because we're deploying to production in three, two, one. All right, welcome to Lunch with Tech Leaders. Um, today we're going to be talking about the impact of remote work on engineer hiring and retention. Uh, my name is Derek DeYoungi. I'm the host for today. And with me is our co-host, Tom Kowalski. Tom? Hello. Hello. All right, so um, we have a number of other guests as well. Tom, do you want to introduce them? Yeah, yeah. Today we're going to be talking about the impact of remote work and engineering and hiring retention. Uh, and to help us out with that, we have uh, Sean Bullock, if you want to introduce yourself. I think it's your first time on here. Hey, thank you. So uh, thank you for having me. So my name is Sean. I work with a data analytics company called Service Mob, and we've been fully remote since we launched four years ago. And um, so I'm totally happy to be here. This is a this is a good topic. It's you know we leaders we it's a it's a hot topic today. All right, glad to have you on. And we also have. Oh, by the way, I'm the CTO there. All right. Uh, we also have Kyle McAuliffe on. If you want to introduce yourself. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Uh, I work at Aptiv as the chief engineer of Aptiv Connect Qualifier, and have been leading remote teams in some fashion for probably about seven or eight years now. All right, thank you. And we also have uh, returning guests here, Lancelot. Carlson, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, um, I am a co-founder at a company called HealPay that does payment processing. Uh, we've been remote since the pandemic. Um, kind of, We got rid of our office because it just didn't make sense. Uh, we had a couple people going in and we're trying hybrid, but uh, no, eventually we just decided to completely pull the plug. So uh, I'm a big fan of uh, what Basecamp uh, 37 Signals is doing with remote work, and they, they seem to be the pioneers. Uh, of, well, they not the pioneers, but they seem to have talked a lot about this stuff prior to everyone else because they started that way. So um, yeah, those are my inspirations. Yeah, excited to, to talk about it with you all. All right, fantastic. So um, I guess, yeah, let's just jump right into it. Um, how has remote work uh, impacted, you know, hiring and retention in uh, their experiences here? I can I can kind of get it kicked off, um, you know, like Lance a lot. Uh, our, our company, Right Brain Networks, um, went remote during the pandemic um, and was thinking about potentially opening an office back up or something to that effect um, and just decided that, you know, with the the way it's impacted our culture, um, just having the option to do like a, uh, a co-working space available for our folks and uh, to meet up every now and then uh, was really just the right move for us. Um, and as far as hiring, um, it's it's definitely had its own challenges. Uh, a lot of our engineers that have been hired throughout the pandemic, um, you know, 
have been helping us sculpt our training process um, because it's definitely changed over the years as and uh, it's had a you know being full remote uh, has uh, had quite a big impact on that as well. Um, we've we've started using uh, Discord a lot to kind of have that virtual you know um, in the room with someone feel uh, just unmute and have some chatter and stuff. But. Have you started bringing people in for the onboarding, or are you fully remote with your with your onboarding? Uh, we we definitely have you know it's easier if um, they're able to make it in, but um, it's not not necessary. Yeah, yeah, I think like That's many fun. others, um, you know, COVID really did force a lot of people to adopt that remote style, whether or not uh, it's something you had experience with before or or wanted to do. Um, when, when that did happen i was in charge of a operations team and you know with with 24 7 365 coverage you know, we did uh, try to do follow the sun model so we had people um across the world and had a bit more experience with remote teams uh, and was able to pull upon you know some of the lessons learned there uh, obviously it was a much bigger impact uh to take into how we you know kind of set a standard um for working remote during that period of time, and then you know extended it to a hybrid model now. So you mentioned like the follow the sun. Is that like the teams are all regionally together, or are you just saying you just have people all around the world? We 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 had people around the world. So um, we we did have like a team in India, but we had you know someone in Belgium, one person in China one person the west to the west coast uh, so that again you try to have everyone just work their normal working hours okay how about you all do you guys have you know if, if you are following the sun have teams you know all, all around the world do you try to keep them regionally together so that when they are working it's kind of overlapping hours or is it just anybody you know originally like for us originally we were in southern california and most of our team was local, even though uh, we only occasionally came into the office together by choice. In the last six months, the whole team has spread out and moved to a different state somewhere in the country, um, mainly for cost of living reasons, because that state became expensive. So we still have like an office, like everybody still has an office. They go, no one works from their bedroom. I'm the only one who does because where I, you know, Battle Creek here, there is, I can't find an office co-working co uh, co place. But for us, you know, we were regionally co-located, but now we're just spread out everywhere. And we have, uh, we have some developers in the Ukraine and over in the Philippines also. Yeah, okay. you know, that's an interesting um, point, and that kind of leads us into the kind of like the retention portion is we've had a pretty good retention rate, um, you know, and I think um, for a lot of companies, uh, not just ours, um, the ability to kind of move wherever necessary um, is a positive thing for retention. Would you Would you agree? I, I'll go on that one first. Uh, yes, my team, they're, uh, everybody has, um, you know, I keep in touch with everybody in my team almost daily. They've all pretty much experienced significant morale boosts by moving quality of life improvements. I think just 
you know, the traffic in LA and just the way things are, you know, going, going remote, like everybody is so happy. Our productivity has shot through the roof since everyone moved. Yeah, that's, a, that's interesting. Um, so as far as that goes, um, you know, a couple of stats here, uh, just throw out, um, GitLab conducted a survey and 67% of uh, developers said that remote work was a top priority for them when considering jobs. Um, and 53 said they would consider leaving their job if the um, if they offered uh, leaving their current position for something else that offered more remote work options. So it seems like that is the way of you know engineering, um, at least in this industry at the moment. So. How do you guys feel about some of the companies that aren't that are you know kind of forcing everybody to go back to work? <laughs> um, I I think they're going to see mass exodus. Uh, I mean that's just anecdotal. Yeah, I, th I think it's happening right now. The com company I currently work for has already gotten a few people um, from various companies that are starting to have people go back to work. So yeah, I think it's kind of a win if you are you know fully remote. Yeah. I have an anecdotal story. Um, but, uh, the there was a place that I go to to eat locally, and the owner was talking about her husband that works at Merrill Lynch. Um, they were trying to um, get everyone to come in uh, after the pandemic, and they were about to enforce it. Um, and uh, when they tried, literally no one came in. Cool. Nobody. That it was a mandate and nobody came in and it was because the the people with the leverage the you know the the higher the highest performing employees of the company were just like well we're used to this now and we're not going to do it so it doesn't really make sense to for anybody else to so when the leadership steps up and is just like or at least the leadership under the leadership steps up and just says you know no we're not doing this then everyone else can follow suit but you know even big stodgy banks it's happening yeah i mean um gm decided to kind of walk back uh as well they you know put out a memo saying everybody's got to go back to work and then it was on a friday uh, <laughs> and they ended up walking that back by monday <laughs> and that that was for you know like the um the office worker types, you know, obviously the factories still got to keep things moving. Um, let's uh, let's kind of segue here into advantages and disadvantages. Um, what are some of the biggest benefits of remote work? I'm I'm vocal on LinkedIn about this one quite a bit. Uh, an experience that I had when I was working at one of the Fortune 500s, I had a back injury. And I was out for two weeks, and they were already talking about getting on disability and then putting friction between me and the rest of the team and all that kind of stuff. It was not a good experience. So I ended up leaving the company a couple months after that. But then about two years ago, here where I'm remote, I had a similar back injury. And for seven months, I couldn't walk or get out of bed. I couldn't sit, stand, or walk. I was in bed for that whole time. And I was still working, and there were no trust issues. The company, the, the whole team was supportive. And there was none of this. You didn't come into the office, you know, kind of stuff. I was still productive. So I think one of the advantages, at least for me, that hits home really hard is 
in a lot of ways, I think I think being forced to be in the office creates trust issues. Like if you're not in the office, you're not working. But when you're remote, you know, you're not so visible. It's it's easier to see that, you know, your productivity is still pretty high. So that sort of removes that 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 potential for distrust. Yeah, I think part of it too is really how it it's enforced right you could have a, a remote job where you're expected to be at your computer from nine to five um i don't know if that is as much benefit as if you you know really try to focus on the, the benefits of being remote having flexible work hours right you, you're trying to provide something that's more conducive for a, a, an employee's lifestyle and so having things like flexible work hours you're really focusing on establishing um asynchronous methods for work and not having to have you know meetings all the time and expectations on immediate, uh, immediate responses you know, highlights yeah, that provides a, a work-life balance that I think uh, a lot of people are getting used to um, and um, really enjoy. They get much better quality, right? They can you know be there to pick their kids up from school and you know like these things that pe people would miss out on if they had a full-time job um, that really just like you know um, sean mentioned morale um just gives people their their lives back right sean you said you saw an, an increase in productivity can you expound on that yeah so um in california so you know the, the, there's some back thoughts behind that and you know california is expensive and where people moved to it's not as expensive people were worried about you know money the rents increasing you know get all that stuff so when when we spread out um what happened is now people i think the time zone helps a little bit because now we're offset by different hours so we don't always have to be there at exactly the same time but uh now people, they go out, they walk their trails, they go to the gym, they sleep longer, they do stuff. And just not having to, uh, just not having the pressure of whatever it was living living over in that state. Uh, people are, as they live their life, they work different hours, but they're, uh, but what's happened is we figured out when and how we like to we moved over to slack huddles which seems to be better than zoom zoom was terrible for us for our team it was mm -hmm. slack huddles is better you need a quick five minute talk you do and everything sort of combined together and uh we went from our sprint our delivery cycles were about three weeks they've gone down to about every four days we push push out now what used to be a few weeks and when i talk with people i'm like what changed and they just Said that they restructured their life. They have less less stresses uh, that they did out in California. So when you mentioned a huddle, right, and Zoom, those are very synchronous forms of communication. Do you have like certain times that everybody has to work and is kind of on to collaborate, or is it just kind yes. of luck of the so, draw? Or, yeah. Um, we only require everybody to overlap during uh, during three hours in the Pacific time zone equivalents. Okay. And then the rest of it, uh, we have two hours of mandatory meetings every week. And then the rest of it is just ad hoc. If you need to get into a huddle, you do. If you don't, you don't. Do you see that? Does everybody else kind of see that? Like kind of have like a mandatory, these are the hours that kind of everyone's working or? Um, to, oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, that's fine. Go ahead, Sean. No, go ahead. I thought that question was to me. 
I'm asking yeah, everybody else. Or have you seen it in the industry in general, too? Yeah. Other for us, we expect people to be on um, Eastern time. But... So like nine to five then Eastern time, or is it like a you know certain set hours no, now? Like like, window? We're pretty flexible, right? Um, people, a lot of a lot of our engineers will be like, oh yeah, I'll make it up later. Or um, you know, a lot of the time we have um, deployments that may need to be done at night, so people may just uh, you know go get an, an errand done during the day or something like that. Um, and it's, you know, I think you know, uh, again, just having that respect for your 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 team and you know trust that Sean was talking about goes a long way. I think uh, when people feel trusted and respected, um, they'll they'll provide uh, as as long as they're provided for. But so, so if you had like an engineer that's just like, yeah, I've worked better at night, right? And like just wasn't there all day long, would that be okay? Or do you guys? For us, no, because we're very client facing in the uh, consulting. Oh, okay. you know. How about you all? For us, also, um, to a point. We got a hand raised. Yeah, Adam. I mean, we have that as well. It's, it is dependent on the the team and the expectations where. Or, you know, there may be set days where there's, you know, team meetings or, or time for collaboration. But then outside of that, especially working, you know, with, with people elsewhere in the world, you know, you, you need to come up with the work that you have, kind of divvy that up. And at that point, unless there's questions, um, you know, that's where that, that trust and consistency are, are really come in, that you can just expect that that work gets done whenever is best for, you know, who's doing it. Right. The um, only yeah. the only time that we kind of had that uh, is so our our folks in the Philippines or in the Ukraine they effectively work at night and not during the day, so we have a process that works around that and uh, we manage that. But for the people that are in the U.S., um, we've had two people do that and it didn't work well. So we have a couple hours of mandatory um, overlap, but the rest of it, everybody's really good about communicating. So no one just disappears into the night and um, and it doesn't affect our schedules um, because of the communication. But when they're 100% at night or something, if we can't communicate during the day, that puts a wrench in the operations. Yeah, that would make sense. So do your, your people in the Philippines or you know, if they're on the other side of the world, are they on basically operate like a separate team? Or do you have people that are on the same team that are, you know, in, in different time, like, is it time zones? We, um, they're on the same team as anybody else. They're just in different time zones. Okay. Uh, we had a audience member join us. Adam, you had your hand up. Yeah. Hey, guys. Great conversation here. Um, really interesting. Um, I was wondering, I wanted to get uh, probably Kyle's and Sean's take on this. And that is, um, you know, I think it's perfectly reasonable for a seasoned uh, engineer to work remote. But how do you guys feel about like entry level or junior level people coming into the field? And, you know, think about, you know, you're coming out of college in 2023, looking for your first job and it, you're, you're working remote. You have no experience working in an office. Like, how do you how do you ensure that you're um, young engineers are developing and learning some of those skills that I think you might only learn from being in an office about, you know, interaction, interacting with your, your coworkers, interacting with people in other departments. Um, and, you know, how do you address that with, with junior level folks? That's a great, great question. Um, 
you know, again, I think a lot of it's based on how what systems you have in place for, for asynchronous communication. So if you have um, certain, you know, go-to pages for each team on uh, some sort of wiki that, that uh, people can go to to familiarize themselves with who does what, that helps a bit. I think, you know, just there's this notion of um, situational leadership where, you know, someone a bit newer, um, you know, you're really um, you know, directing a lot more. You're, you're almost not, not I don't want to say micromanaging, but they require a lot more uh, time and effort because they don't have the experience and background, and they they require that early on until you get to the point where you can just delegate tasks to them. Um, and so I think that there's not much of a difference between uh, you know in person and remote with that. But the rest of the systems that are in place, you know, they're not you know bumping into people at the water cooler, and so having something to facilitate those type of conversations. Uh, making sure that they're reaching out to people, trying to figure out the lay of the land um, can be a bit more challenging, um, but it's it's not been a you know, roadblock by any means for us. Um, that's a really good question also. Three of my developers started as interns, and uh, it was their first job, and all of three were eventually converted to full-time. But uh, the way that we do it, is first of all when they when um, you know through the vetting process I try to find somebody that can match to the way that I uh, I run the team. We only got fifteen people in the company right now, so normally they get thrown into it. Like like uh, the, like my latest ju uh, junior developer, you know, he his task was to rewrite our front end from React into Svelte. I mean that's not a small task, and as a junior, we're talking about. But they get a tremendous amount of support by me and everybody in the company. And I think what makes the difference, because I've had one junior developer end up leaving because we didn't do it this way. That was a a, a bad experience for, for them is uh, what seems to work is we pair program, we check in, we give clear objectives, and uh, the support system is really strong. Um, but it's not like hand-holding, uh, you know, we allow them to fail, we allow them to um, experiment, and we don't go by the two-hour, if you don't have an answer in two hours, then ask for help. We give them a couple days, but we give them a lot of guidance, and that seems to make a difference. I've had people uh, just, I get constant feedback at least once a month about how, how they like it, they're growing, they're doing a lot of things, they feel supported, um, and I check in with them too. Um, I think another component is safety. Like, like if they get frustrated, I allow them to vent at me. Some of them have cussed me out, and I've had to pivot and change some of my the way I do some leadership. But the safety there that uh, that they can speak up and not feel, you know, like they're they're like they're being watched, and if they're not producing, then they're being evaluated. But I don't have that kind of a culture. But honestly, I think the secret for the way that we do it is just the support system that's in place. I also noticed that with um, younger, uh, uh, you know, interns and whatnot, um, junior, lever, junior level developers, uh, it is often the case that we have to pair them up with someone more senior uh, pretty much the entire time. Um, you know, we we approach pairing at our company as, as sort of like a hybrid thing where, you know, if you need to, then, you know, with the, the more mid-level senior developers, you know, they, they'll, they'll do maybe two hours here and there and, and can schedule it with each other. But when it comes to junior level developers, um, 
really what you're talking about when they get the value out of the experience. Um, pairing is a pretty powerful tool that we use. Yeah, we've uh, we tried to instill like mentorship programs um, where people that were coming in would kind of get paired up um, with someone who's been around for a while, and that seemed to work okay. Um, but uh, it's still still a learning process. You know? Is that only for you know those coming in that are junior, or do you do like the paired programming and mentoring, right? For even somebody more senior, just to know like how how things work. I, I think it, it depends on the the person that's um, you know that was hired, um, and so you know kind of play it by ear. But uh, yeah, at the some of the folks that we hired definitely were you know had experience, but um, you know got a mentor anyways. Just to be there, you know. I think people people enjoy feeling supported, even if they don't need to need to use it. Especially being remote, it gives a little bit of that human connection, and that might be lost through sitting across the states. Yeah. Do you? So where I'm, where I'm currently working, there's kind of like a they're they're more of a Zoom zoom people so they kind of just hang out in different rooms all day and yeah i can kind of like jump around and uh chat with different people do you guys kind of have that like an open room where everyone can can hang out like a water cooler or that? we do yeah um we're using discord uh, it's been really effective for us but what about everyone else does it work we for everyone does everyone like it or I, I think it's starting to work for everyone. We, we've actually got Joe here. Joe, has it been working for the sales team? Yeah, definitely. Works really, really well. People kind of feel pressured to be in there. Like, what's like the, the feel of it? Like, anybody just jumps in? And... There, There's a, you know, core set of people that, you know, are more, don't necessarily want to say extroverted or whatever, you know, but um, that enjoy it um and then there's folks that pop in and out there's no pressure to be in those channels what about like other uh activities right do you guys do things different right to kind of build team building since you know everyone's remote can't do like the the normal activities that you do to kind of bring your team together do you guys have any any special remote things that you do yeah, this like might be different for the folks that are spread out, but um, we get together uh, pretty regularly and do events. Like physical? Like hangout? Yeah. 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 How about you all that are more spread out? Do you guys do anything? Or virtual events? We do a couple of virtual yeah. ones. I mean, they're all elective, so I don't, I'm not trying to force anyone into doing anything. We've had some success with um, trivia with uh, online escape rooms um and then even just you know uh, coffee hours uh where, where certain people can can host a coffee hour every week and be doing their work but anyone's welcome to, to kind of drop on in yeah we haven't done any events or virtual events in the last few months that's uh that's an area where we we could probably improve when we were co-located it happened quite a bit okay so another question here from the the social angle of it, cameras on or off? Right? Do you guys require it? Is it just you know some people do it, some people don't? What are you guys' different policies or thoughts on that? 
Yeah, that's network. Sorry, you go ahead. Um, most of my team uh, much uh, definitely prefers cameras off, um, and I, I think we we respect that quite a bit. Um, and I, I have seen teams that tried to push on cameras on uh, to get that you know uh, that feeling, um, and I, I don't. I've seen that kind of drift off in, in um, you know, later on. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, we've gone towards, uh, we're, we're cameras optional, pretty much, no pressure one way or the other, but everybody tends to go camera off because uh, to save the bandwidth, because we keep getting dropped when they're all on. Uh, some people are in low Wi-Fi, in, in areas where there's low bandwidth. Um, so it tends to be cameras off most of the time, but not always. I'd say we're about 50-50 maybe. Again, it's, it's cameras optional. Um, nothing like it's mandated. I know I always err on the side of having mine on. Um, I found that when I do so, others are more likely to than if you join with it off, everyone keeps it off. Um, you know, the only time I'll recommend them is for one-on-ones. You know, I feel there's a lot that can be picked up through you know expressions and you know re really seeing the person there but again it's not a uh, mandatory thing if somebody you know doesn't have the bandwidth cameras and good isn't comfortable there's no requirement yeah we we're pretty much cameras off um we try to do it uh camera with sales meetings um but you know if, if someone wants to put up put their camera on and say hi we we encourage it but it's definitely um for the most part cameras off we had a we had a team member once talk about when we were cameras on way back actually it wasn't mandatory it just everybody did it that way he said it feels weird it feels like everybody's eyeballs are watching him and uh, there was a lot of resonance there and it started gravitating towards cameras off interesting i don't know like i've worked in an open cool. office yeah everyone's could look at you that way right but yeah <laughs> I say I found the most uh, discerning thing about cameras is, is seeing your own video. So like being able to turn that off has been helpful because that's what always tripped me up. I see myself <clears throat> looking at me. What about um, you know the the talent pool is definitely um, much larger when you're working remote, right? Um, has that impacted anybody's uh, you know diversity and inclusivity uh, within their team? I, yeah, I think you know access to a larger pool always helps. Um, you know, obviously it comes with its challenges, depending on the size of the company, what you're able to support, you know, from a, a you know, payroll taxes, benefits standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, and then even just that, you know, there's been in the news quite a bit recently, you know, people working remote will travel to other countries or states and, and those countries and states are starting to come after them for taxes. And so there's been a bit more, uh, at least the rework lockdown on what, what is and is it possible for here in different places and where you're you kind of home base to be yeah for us we um we were able to start hiring we we enjoy being a michigan company um it's kind of part of our culture um but you know being able to have access to that wider pool um is is absolutely been beneficial we've um got some really great engineers that are out in lansing um who would you know definitely not be you know traveling hours a day 
for uh, a position, but that, you know, not only benefited us because we've got some some great talent, uh, but it benefited them because they're starting to, you know, they have more options available uh, in the workplace. Yeah, we're a Michigan-based company, so most of our people are Michigan. Um, we like the option of having to be able to hire people outside, but really haven't needed to yet besides our marketing person. And um, she's been great. So uh, I think it always benefits a company to have that, um, you know, being and, and, you know, obviously it uh, it helps to be able to compete to hire somebody because mm -hmm. if you can offer remote, then uh, in that flexibility, um, people definitely appreciate it and uh, gravitate towards your company rather than other companies that are making you come in. Yeah, I can, I can say from a, you know, being hired standpoint, so re recently um, I was looking for a, a new position full-time and I was only looking at remote and sometimes I'd be thrown off if, if a job wasn't, I was like, wait a minute, this is, this isn't remote, right? I don't, you know, I don't see it in there. And um, so, yeah, that uh, from my perspective, it was the only thing I was looking at. So yeah, if you weren't hiring remotely, it was, I'm sure it's very shorting. The, the job pool employee pool yeah we get applicants from all around the country because we're known to be remote but um one of the first questions everybody asks is do i have to come into the office and um you know when you get to talking you just know that if the answer is yes then the conversation won't go any further um as far as the advantages though we even though we were remote from the beginning all of our staff was actually local um and half of our company is the referrals of our highest performing engineer so they you know they were friends to begin with um but now that everybody is spread out i'm starting to get referrals from different employees um and even i've tried to reach out to some people right here in the gltl group um we don't have an opening right now but when we do and um, I, I suspect we're going to uh have a um, i think it's going to be really great being able to reach people from anywhere that they're at yeah i think the cat's kind of out of the bag uh, at least for you know uh, software engineering uh, cloud support stuff like that i i don't see uh you know I, I think a lot of companies um you know thought this would be a temporary thing um but uh you know i, I really just don't see it going back to you know everyone being in an office full-time all the time um so and it sounds like you you all have uh well, correct me if i'm wrong but you all are kind of seeing the uh the same same effect what are your thoughts on what zuckerberg is, Berg has been saying about the people that he's hired prior to this remote work uh being better than the people that he's hired the new people that haven't you know experienced the culture that he had Personally, I think there's probably, um, you know, a lot of weight to that, right? You know, when you're working at a, in these big facilities, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to that uh, camaraderie and, um, you know, feeling of um, the, what's been provided by the company. Um, so, I, you know, I've never, I've never been in one of those positions. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I would trust that there's, there's probably something to that, you know? Yeah. I, f I feel like it's really how, uh, how you handle 
working remotely, how you establish that culture. I'm sure it's a lot harder for companies that you know started off you know in the office and um but I think companies that you know start remote first and have a really great culture that's remote first, I, I don't think it's a problem. But yeah, I could see it being a problem with a lot of companies that were strong the other way, right? Hard to transition. I also think that there's a certain personality type that would, you know, the people that want to go work for Facebooks and, you know, places like that, they, they probably do enjoy going to the office and um, being around others. And, you know, I think that's kind of just there's I wouldn't say that everybody is super gung ho about always being remote. I think there's definitely the, you know, people that would enjoy going back to a you know, nice facility and. Uh, just getting away and separating their work life. Yeah, and I, I know for my team, we came into the office sometimes because we wanted to. No one really had a problem coming into the office. What they had a problem with was the commute. Mm-hmm. So teleporters. You're gonna get that, like people going into Facebook. You know, I can't speak for everybody because you know once you have the flexibility and the way to manage your schedule remote i mean your whole life changes but i can imagine that uh you know it's the commute that people don't want to do that's probably one of the biggest reasons at least for you know being out there but um yeah but being in the office is when you're forced to do it though sometimes you don't understand why and you don't want to go back to it once you didn't have to Right. Uh, the commute's an interesting thing. I know that, like, um, Netflix, for example, um, used to have a bus that would go f- from San Francisco down to Los Gatos. Um, and so people could get, you know, um, get work done while they're, you know, on their commute. Um, and that, you know, saved them their, their part of their day. You know, if you're commuting an hour or more, that's, you know, multiple hours of your day that are just gone to, you know. Uh, you can have some of that back, right? Family time and what, what have you. Personally, it sounds like, um, you know, the, the folks in the room at least are, you know, uh, seeing some advantages to remote work. Um, and uh, that's that's great. That's positive. Um, it sounds like we've all got a number of different ways to deal with the challenges of, uh, and that being our communication tools, obviously. Um, and uh, the... The way we go about um, managing and bringing culture into our organizations. Um, uh, do you guys read anything uh, on like leadership around um, remote work or anything like that, or have seen anything? I would I would love to hear more about um, you know other others who are managing remote work teams because uh, you know education is a forever process. So I, I have yet to find any myself. Um, that I've really enjoyed, but um, I'm curious if you guys have. I'm not sure they mentioned too much about leadership, but I know the rework book is pretty good, at least to give you a template for how to run a remote company. But um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure about leadership stuff. What's the name of that book again? Rework. Rework. Yeah. Great. Thanks a lot. Okay, well, thanks for joining us today on the GLTL on Work with Tech Leaders. Uh, this was the impact of remote work on hiring and retention.
uh, of engineering teams.